Mike, turn your games down. Hi, we're building another What Are You Playing episode of Games My Mom Found for June of 2022. I am Mike Culberton, and who's What Are You Playing with me tonight? It's me, Dan Melman, and oh. someone else, I think. Oh, I didn't know, <laughs> yeah. know if you had more things. Hi, everybody. My name is Cody, and... I, I won't I won't torture everybody with more. <laughs> oh god, I know what that is. <laughs> you, yeah, you played a little of that and I, I somehow didn't recognize it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> I accidentally I, I I tried to play a different song so that way you guys wouldn't hear what it was. <laughs> but uh, that's that's a little pre uh, prelude into what I've been playing. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad we have a distinguished navy hero with us. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll start with what I've been playing. Normally, I don't always have anything to say in this section, but I've been playing a game that is going to be on the show, but not for a long time, probably, but I'll talk about it. Is Dragon Ball Z Legendary Super Warriors for Game Boy Color. Okay. <laughs> it's a turn-based card battling game with Dragon Ball Z that goes from the Saiyan Saga to the Buu Saga and tries to cover some of the big fights. That's pretty cool. I mean, is it is it one of those games where like they pared down a console version for it, or is it like a, a solely for Game Boy? It's solely for Game Boy Color. Huh. And, it's and a really game strange game? game. I have beaten it three times so far in the last month since I've been playing it. I just can't. I'm trying to unlock all the characters. The way the game plays is you'll you'll go through, you have little talking bits where you'll just read text and they can't say the word die. So they say, Oh, he's going to lose. VG just going to lose and stuff like that. Really dumb things. Like he just lost them. Like it's just, it's weird, but <laughs> they can't, they say, can't die say die in a, in a dragon ball game where like every main character dies multiple times. Yeah. They're like, Vegeta just <laughs> lost raccoon. I'm like, what? It was just, he killed raccoon, but they can't say die. So they say, they keep saying lose. And it's just really weird. Wait, it's dragon ball Z legendary super warriors. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, I just it's, it's on, they have it on Amazon for forty seven bucks. <laughs> I like it. Okay, I so I have a history with it. I when I was in first year of high school, my my good friend in high school that I I met that year, he had the, he had a Game Boy Color. I think it was freshman year or maybe sophomore year. But he had a Game Boy Color. He had this game and he would sit there and play it in class when he's bored. And I remember watching it. We had a study hall together, and I have always been interested in it. So I played it multiple times over the years. But it's just a strange little, I mean, I'm using safe state so I can cheat. Like, I can know, oh, they're going to kill me. Oh, I'll just, they're not going to kill me. I'll just, you know. Gonna, no, they're going to lose you. <laughs> but it's, it. the graphics are, are it's Game of Color, so they're bad graphics. But for some reason, it's just a fun little game to me. Like, most of it is just, you have a battle, you make your deck of 20 cards, and then you just pick, you have turn battles, you pick what, you know, you pick what you're, if you're going to attack, if you're going to, what you're, what, if you're going to use a support ability, then they get to choose if they're going to think that you're going to do a powerful attack, they can use one of their defense cards, and it's just a strange little game, and I really, really like it, and no one, no one talks about it. I don't so think most people I, know about it. I was looking up screenshots of this game. I'm like, where, where, why does this look so familiar to me? <laughs> uh, when you posted about this, like, a couple months ago, yes. I, I saved a screenshot of the Piccolo Sprite, just, like, the little <laughs> squat little Piccolo Sprite, <laughs> yes. and just, like, put it everywhere, just, like, Game Boy Color Piccolo loves you. I would just send to random people to, to brighten their day. <laughs> I mean, there are some good like sprites. Like the sprites, like in the battles, are not bad. The sprites of the little mini guys when they fight before their turn, you'll see these little mini sprites on the side of the screen because you have like a little battlefield that you could move 
closer to your enemy and you have more attack power, but less defense power, move back. And, and then when you attack at your regular, your regular attack, you'll do a button combination. It's like up a B stuff like that. It's, it's a really strange game, but I just, I'm for some reason I'm obsessed with it right now. My goal is to unlock all the cards, like a, like to almost 180 cards or so. And then you only get one card after each fight and each fight takes about roughly five to 10 minutes. Let's say, depending on how, just because even though I'm all powered up, it's still, they're not fast. Mm-hmm. Because enemies don't die. In this game. I I just pulled up a, a long play of this on YouTube, and it actually like it reminds me a lot of I had a Yu-Gi-Oh PlayStation game, uh, Forgotten Memories, and it this this is giving me a lot of those vibes. Yes, where like it's like oh, there's one character in a box, and then the the text box below it, and kind of like pixelated, weird looking, you know, in when when you're like looking at it on the map. It would like so it's like Goku and it's clearly Goku, but like he's got like like just like dot eyes. So he <laughs> he looks very uh like just unemotive, very weird. It, it's re- and you can unlock all these. You unlock a lot of different characters. You get all the Z warriors. You get and that's what I've been trying to do. I'm trying to unlock everybody, and it's mm. really archaic things. Like example, to unlock one of the characters that I'm having a hell of a time with, you have to do. Uh, trunks future modes you have to you have to go to a pot in like a, they have these little like open world map area you well they're not really open world but you walk around a little map and you can like identify things you have to go in this thing check a pot like five times then go up then go which is empty then go check another pot five times which is also empty then you do the fight then you go a little bit farther and then you have a fight where you have to win the fight against cell perfect cell as vegeta and if you don't win as vegeta you won't unlock the second this extra chapters where you have to play as trunk you would do this you do the extra chapters and if you did all that you can then unlock some other characters i'm trying to unlock goat tanks and vegeto in the very end and it's hardest it's giving me trouble <laughs> it's just a also there's there's also like you look up guys on the internet they contradict each other like some guys say oh use this character but that doesn't or use this character and it won't work but it I, it's very strange is vegeto the one that fights boo or the one that fights broly Vegito does fight Boo in the end. Okay. Vegito might be in Broly fights Broly. I don't know. Like I'm not a big Dragon Ball Z fan. At one point, I before I met my wife, I I watched all of Dragon Ball and I was watching through all of Z and I got into the Android saga and then I just I just stopped. I've never been back. Depending on if you fuse with the earrings or the dance, it's like different fusions with different names. Mm -hmm. So and they've just made a bunch of them. Like there's a 3DS game where you can like have Raditz and Krillin fuse. I want to play great. that, by the way. Yeah, it looks good. It's like weird, like pinball. You're bouncing people around. I'm I'm in the but mood the now to play more of these games. Like I'm gonna try to play more Dragon Ball games for some reason. If you want to see that story adapted, you have options. <laughs> Gohan in the show, does he have like a purple gi? Because like I don't remember. I, I don't. I'm not a big Dragon Ball person, but I don't remember him wearing purple. Because in this he, game, he's wearing a purple th- like clothes. He's blue. It's blue in the in the anime in the beginning. That's okay. that is um, Piccolo's gi. He because Piccolo trained him. He when he fights Cell, he decides. Um, actually, I think even when he goes to Namek, he decides. No, I'm I'm gonna wear the colors of my master. It was not my father, because my father's been dead my whole childhood. It's it's my my real green dad. <laughs> okay, I mean that's cool that there's like a reason for that. I I, I just mm-hmm. didn't remember him wearing purple. Yeah, cool. I think he has the turban on sometimes. I too. think it's somewhat. It's more blue though than purple. I, I want to say. I mean, it's black and white in the original. Sorry. <laughs> <though>. Oh, <laughs> you talking about the manga? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's just a strange little game, and I can't put it down. I just can't. I mean, part of it's very much like it's that game that it's it's on my phone, so I just play it. Like if I'm like I'm stuck somewhere, okay, I'll just play for a little bit. It's that type of thing. Sounds like a perfect like portable experience, like what you would want from that specific era of portable games. Yeah, I I recommend it to people if you like Dragon Ball Z, and because I've always been a big Dragon Ball Z fan, but I never wanted to watch the show. I just wanted to absorb the content of it through games, or and there's not. There's not a lot of games that really cover the series very well. I mean, maybe there are now, but back in the day, there mm. weren't. There weren't many games at all back in the day. So yeah, they're <laughs> they've gone hard on that since. And uh, Dan, what have you been playing lately? That you want to mention? So I, I was going to start with something else, but uh, I'm going to pivot because I'm also playing a Game Boy Color game. I'm oh. <laughs> playing Wario Land Two, which is got a Game Boy release in the U.S., but uh, in Japan was a Game Boy Color launch title came out here it's kind of a successor to the mario land series a third wario land game but it's super different from the first two it's a lot more puzzly a lot more about exploring the area uh you can't die if you take damage you just kind of wario like bounces and kind of sweats coins (laughs) and certain enemies give him more abilities when you get hit by them like if he gets stung by a bee his face swells up and he starts floating up to the top of the screen um, there's an enemy that doesn't do anything but throws cake at him and he gets like really fat and just <laughs> destroys enemies when he touches them and can break certain floors. It's awesome. It's so good. I'm, I'm really floored by it. I've never played um, any of this series. I want to, I mean, I played Mario land one and two for the show and personally, but I always wanted to play the Wario games. I just haven't done it yet. Yeah. They're, I think they're really special and Nintendo hasn't made any since the Game Boy Advance. Wario Land 4 was, I think, a launch title. Again, you know, there's WarioWare. I I just want Wario exploring this very strange world. And you go to such cool places. So there are a bunch of different routes. So in one, like, you go to Atlantis, and in the main one, you go to the city and end up in Nintendo's corporate offices. (laughs) And in the Nintendo corporate office, you're moving up and down these elevators by, like, carrying the cake serving enemies around. Um, you, you don't just kill enemies when you jump on them. You can, you can kind of move them around and use them as puzzle pieces. So you're, you're like adjusting your weight by eating the cake to move up and down the elevators. And I keep thinking like, this must be personal experience. Like there must've been someone working on this. who's like, they are serving way too much cake at the corporate offices. And if there's cake, I'm going to eat it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the structure is really interesting. To make progress, you need to, it's not just finishing the levels. You need to get a treasure and a map piece from each level. And there are these two little mini games that you need to spend coins to play. One of them is like, you see these tiles and need to get a matching key to a lock. And the more coins you spend, the longer it's on screen. There's really this economy as you're exploring these levels and you're constantly like, okay, I need more coins. I need to find more coins. It kind of puts you in. Wario's headspace in ways I really like. And even though mechanically it's pretty similar to Mario, ends up feeling completely different. I think it's awesome. I I think it's fantastic. One of the, like, up there with the best Nintendo platformers. Okay, that's some high praise. I've been wanting to play them for a while. I almost put Mario Land 3 on the show for next season, but I might might find a way to slip it in anyway, because I do want to play it. Yeah, I I hear one's great, and the Virtual Boy one. I I haven't played them. I I definitely want to go back. What about you, Cody? What have you been up to? Uh, so I've been playing a lot of Dwarf Fortress. No, I, I, I've i been playing Kingdom Hearts 2. 
I I, uh, I don't know. I just I got a weird itch to uh, to play three, and then I was like, you know what? I've, I I have to dive into like the the stupidity and and awfulness that is Kingdom Hearts, even though I like I love it and like I hate it. It's it's mm-hmm. one of the best worst video game series that has ever existed, and it is kind of fun to just like at the end of the day, um, just kind of play a game that you can. You know, you can really just push through and make a lot of progress and you don't have to like think about it, you know, because, you know, it's all crazy. It's it's all just lunacy. And like my daughter has been watching <laughs> me play because she loves Donald and Goofy. And then she's like, who's that? And I'm be like, oh, that's Zemnis. And she'll be like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, Zigbar and Zigbee's uh, Ansem three. And don't worry about it. It's okay. Just just let it just let it happen. That sentence almost made sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> and and this isn't Ansem Seeker of Darkness. This is um Diz the oi, Christopher Lee's in that game. Yeah, Christopher Lee <laughs> is weird. Who is Diz is the hidden version of Ansem the Wise. Wise. <laughs> the dark is the one is the bad guy from the first one, and he was the nobody. Um and then the heartless Ooh. Also formed a guy named Ansem, but like is not the same person, but kind of looks the same. Uh, <laughs> and is voiced by Billy Zane. This also just this game just has a Disney cast, which is amazing. It, it makes no sense. I've only played the first one recently. I've played them before, but I don't remember anything about two. I haven't played two in years. Yeah, that's the thing is like I have I guess I have better memories of playing the first one. I mean, we did have like eight years between the first and the second one or, or some, somewhere close to that. Uh, so four or six four or six. Yeah, I mean, when you're when it's you're a while, that's yeah, a, while. a while. And so it's it's one of those things where like I I pretty much knew beat for beat what was happening in, in Kingdom Hearts one. I was like, yeah, 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 cool. And I'm actually uh, having more fun, like rewatching the cutscenes and everything in two just because it's it's not as clear in my head and it's kind of like oh i don't remember that happening uh, yeah when axel started questioning uh how he was eating ice cream like oh wow that was that was real deep and <laughs> i missed it <laughs> i missed it so uh it's beautiful and it's stupid i i'm also in the middle of a playthrough of that game i haven't played for like a month or so i'm like halfway there's really no other game like kingdom hearts 2 i i don't think it's good i agree with you <laughs> But there are parts of it that are brilliant. And le- like you said, Axel's character arc and those like little moments, his relationship with Roxas is great. And then it's like, and here's 30 hours of Disney stuff where we're not going to move the plot forward at all. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm playing on Critical, which is a little more fun. But, oh, that game's a mess. I like it. I, I can't wait to play two again. It, it's going to be on the show next year for sure. But I also, I'm mean, this time I'm going to play Chain of Memories first. I have never mm-hmm. played Chain of Memories one. So I went into two. I remember nothing made sense. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? The one thing I will say, I think that the reason why Kingdom Hearts is still like a fun game, even though like the combat is really samey, um, there's a lot of stuff that happens, and like Nojima is really good about this. I feel like because if you think back to a game like. I don't remember if you guys have played Final Fantasy 13. That was a game that got very tiring. Like I would be playing the game and like after like an hour or so, I'd just be like, there is like so much happening that I just I I feel so bogged down and I can't really enjoy it. And I don't know, just like Kingdom Hearts 2, like has just enough going on on screen and the the controls are simple ish. 
So it's like you're not really punished for not being like playing super optimally. And that lets you just kind of push through the combat and not really have to worry about it too much. Is the combat a lot better in two than one? Because one, the combat was irritating the hell out of me all the time. It's a lot faster. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a lot faster. You you will feel because um, you have the forms that you can turn into, like valor form and wisdom form. It's just kind of like a oh, you know overpowered, and it's a, you you went super saiyan. You get two keyblades <laughs> uh, and yeah. tie it back in with our first game. And so yeah, you uh, you can get the valor forms, and and that's a way you can kind of speed things up as well deal a little bit of extra damage and yeah i've, I've been kind of uh, i think i'm three members of organization 13 in i just beat the guy who uh, plays the bass and he slaps the bass and <laughs> dance about? water dance yeah dance that's, water that's dance. around where i am too yeah i just so i just beat that part and uh, it's really interesting because, like, I also forgot what worlds were in two. And then it's like, oh, yeah, there's a Pirates of the Caribbean world. Oh, yeah. Wow, really? Was, so there's a, tr- there's a Tron world. Oh, God, I can't. I forgot that Tron existed since the, since Disney's bought Star Wars. <laughs> so did Disney. <laughs> so, I, the Pirates of the Caribbean world, I, I think it's kind of a pain to play, which is how I feel a lot of Kingdom Hearts do. But they're the characters are rendered to look like the actors. They're rendered to, to look as photorealistic as the PS2 could do, which I love. Cause it's like, no, this is just the art style people in this world are in. This is just what we look like. And yeah. Sora's there and Donald and goofy are there. And there's no reason they should be in the same game, but here we are. Now they're all modeled to look like that in kingdom hearts four. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know I, how I feel about that, but I won't I get to hyped. it for years. So <laughs> I got a bit. I got more hyped than I expected from that trailer. That's why I started playing too. We're not going to get four why we put one on the show. <laughs> not going to get four anytime soon because Nojima has to re 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 release Final Fantasy th- versus thirteen. He, oh, you he, mean the one that got can't that never happened that turned into in into Verum Rex, which is the game that uh, Rex from Toy Story is obsessed with in Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I read a bit <laughs> about that meta stuff. It's um. <laughs> I remember versus yeah, 13. I remember being excited for all that. Cause I was a big final fantasy guy back in the day. And I was so, and then we got 13 and I just kind of checked out for a bit. <laughs> yeah. 13 was, was rough for the series. I, I really like the seven remake. I, not to the point where I'm like anything, no more touches. I'm like, yeah, I want to play this, but 16 looks pretty good. No. And I heard good things but, about 15. I just, someday I, I did play 13 once and I played 13 too until I got a, glitch game i got a glitch in my game where it just it froze my progress and i couldn't go any farther because the moogle would not give me an item and i've never touched it again yet but it, i want to one <laughs> so i bet. i have a go question then mike because i i don't remember if this was a thing but 13 had 13 2 and 13 lightning returns yes do you remember if there was a way to transfer your progress from one game to the other i don't, I don't remember i don't think so I don't think so either, but I it's been a long time. Lightning Returns is like, I, I have heard it is barely a Final Fantasy 13 game. They just have those characters, but That's fine. With very different personalities. And they're like, between games, they become immortal. It's just <laughs> off screen. Oh, uh, yeah. A lot of people think it was a Valkyrie profile game and they changed it for marketing reasons, which would make a lot more sense to me. Like the whole Norse theme, the, the calendar stuff would... It, it it's fits right in with that series. I've also heard Lightning Returns is awesome. Like I, I want to play I, all of them someday. It's same. on my list of things to get to. But 
I, I do awesome. not like Final Fantasy 13 today, but I bet 10 years from now I will be a fan. It's kind it of what a, I tell people. 13 wasn't a bad game. It just wasn't what people, it wasn't what I want or anybody wanted, but it's not a bad, it's just a more, I mean, now I think this mic would be like, oh, a linear game, sign me up. Like, I love that. I don't want to run around and do, I want to just play my game, get to the end and move on to the next game. Does so. interesting stuff. Um, yeah, I and hey, I've been liking Kingdom Hearts 2 more, so I, I can like any square game, I think. <laughs> yeah, I downloaded it because it's on Game Pass, uh, all, all three of the 13. But all the Square Enix games have been drying up from Game Pass. Uh, so I I don't know. Maybe I got to maybe I got to get on that. Well, Square Enix has got to make up all the money they keep losing from Avengers. So hey. <laughs> are they still losing money from that? Probably. The Guardian of the Galaxy game was actually pretty fun. That's what I've heard. Yeah, me too. I really want to play it, but they 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 botched the marketing on that game so bad. Well, Avengers had such a poor reception. People were just like, "Oh, are you just doing that again?" And it it doesn't seem like they are at all. But no, I it's a completely different. I can't build up enthusiasm for the Marvel universe anymore. <laughs> I've I've reached my limit. I love Marvel, but I'm I'm getting there, and I don't like that. But I'm. I say that, but then I watch the movies and I'm all like, I watch Doctor Strange. I'm all back in again. Like, yeah, I, I did enjoy that movie. <laughs> and then I'm just like, OK, I guess they're going to keep doing these. But also I had a blast. with that. And I just rewatched Black Widow for the show and I was back in again. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> I still love these movies. Whether I want to or not, I love them. I wonder if they're in Kingdom Hearts for I, I could see it going either way. I, I mean, like it's, it's coming. basically everybody now. So like they might as well throw it in like a Bob's Burgers world. Well, yeah, so Disney's Disney is a corporation, but it's also a brand. And in the earlier games, they really kept things in that Disney brand, like, you know, the the Disney princess stuff. And I, I guess you have like Tron. So they are already branching out from that. But four seems to be a big pivot towards a different style, at least at the beginning. There is some lore in that four trailer that makes me want to finish three. Played three, so I'm excited to to get it. I found it at Walmart for fourteen dollars. Yep, <laughs> you could you could probably get enough copies to like roof a house at, at this point. They're they're everywhere. I need to buy it. I don't I don't have a copy of it. I just I think I I just don't carry it, so <laughs> I won't get to it. So I mean, I'm just starting the Kingdom Hearts series again because I want to go through the entire series. One, two, circle circle of memories, everything. So uh, recoded. Yep. Play, uh, unchained key. 358 in two days. Every, I'm going to play everything. All right. Uh, job distance. Re- whole series. Re- I will listen. <laughs> the, the collection of like everything. Yeah. Um, Kingdom Hearts, the story so far, I think. Um, yeah, which I have. Too expensive these days. I, I got it for like 25 bucks. Okay. I, think you I, have it. I don't have a copy of that, but I have a copy of one point, whatever the, the one for PS4. I have those two. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what the story so far is. It's, okay, so. it's those three collections. I think I have. I think I have most of it. I, I emulate them all when I can, just because I, I want the save states because mm-hmm. game's fucking hard. One was hard for me. One was really hard for me. There's also Kingdom Hearts 2.8 collection featuring Kingdom Hearts 0.2 Birth by Sleep, A Fragmentary Passage. Yes. <laughs> so, I need to play. <laughs> yeah, that, that collection seems important. There's a great too. video on YouTube called uh, Good Enough Summary of Kingdom Hearts. It's about 30 minutes, but it explains the whole story. I highly recommend it. <sighs> but then, I, then, I, then I can't spend a four-hour recording podcast about Kingdom Hearts 1 and when I don't know what the fuck's going on the entire time and the other guys are just trying to explain it to me. That's part of the fun of Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> trying to understand it. 
You try to put puzzle pieces and then like the spot where you were going to put it disappears and then reappears in your heart. So then you have to <laughs> yourself so with a keyblade to undo the fragmentary disenfranchisement and then you just get bingus bongus back into real life. That's how that works. I realized about halfway through Kingdom Hearts 1 that the reason I was having trouble following the story is that when they said the words heart, light, and darkness, which mean things in our universe, they're talking about completely different things. They're talking <laughs> about weird things in their own lore. Like when Tarzan's like, oh no, your friends are in your heart. He's saying something way more literal than I noticed at the time. It's not like, oh yeah, no, they, they, you carry the relationships they're literally wherever you go. It's like, no, there, there's a lot oh, more no, going no. on here. Tarzan <laughs> knows what's up. It's the, it's just like the you got to just run straight into the point like that's it like it's exactly what they're saying don't look any deeper you'll be disappointed like I know we did one and there was a and in my and in the episode they were talking we were talking about how when you, in the part where Sora in the end of first one becomes a heartless Kyrie's also a heartless they're both heartlesses this whole time and like well I'm like what the hell are you guys saying no no <laughs> so his memories of Kyrie and his attachment to Kyrie is strong enough that that creates a nobody when he becomes a heartless. Which um, Okay, and that's, and that's not, in Circle of Memories. Her chain of memory, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. Her chain of memories um, where that happens, and then and then okay. that's also kind of happening while the first part of 2 is happening, because chain of memories and dream drop distance, I think, happen at the same time, or birth by sleep, because that's the one with Roxy. Um, chain of memories and 358 over two days. Yeah, those two <laughs> yeah. About the same time, there's, there's a time skip in three five eight over two days, and that's where chain of memories happens. Yeah, and and then like the first part of two, like where you're playing as Roxas, and there's like all the glitches stuff happening. That's also kind of like tied into the end of chain of memories. It's uh, and and then birth by sleep happens like a thousand years beforehand, and there's mm-hmm. a guy exactly like Rox. It's yeah, and young. <laughs> Which is which is Ventus, who was an attempt by Xehanort to make a being of pure light, which ends up almost killing him and has other consequences. Ventus and Aqua and Terra and Aqua was in the space between worlds uh, and Riku mm-hmm. ego on a little road trip to rescue Aqua. And then she becomes dark Aqua. But then they purge the darkness from dark Aqua and then she becomes regular Aqua again. It's. And and Aqua ends up closing I, the door to darkness that briefly opens at the end of Kingdom Hearts One. Shirt, Mickey so, shirtless. That's that's important. It's a real thing. It's canon. Mickey is shirtless. You said. Yeah, it, when he's in the darkness, he's shirtless. And then they actually at the end of Birth by Sleep, where they're closing the door, they they make Mickey shirtless again to just to preserve continuity. It's wild. Oh, I remember hearing about this. I mean, Mickey's usually shirtless, right? Like, in his <laughs> yes, original... but that's also because I don't think they were allowed to do much with Mickey in the first game. Yeah, well, I mean, not, not in Kingdom Hearts, but, but yeah. like in the in rest the of the old cartoons, he usually yeah. he's a mouse. He doesn't wear a shirt. He wears pants because he's a mouse. But it's not the show his business. But... He, he's wearing one of those organization robes. So like he's wearing clothes for the rest of the time. It's like, why did you if you're going to leave him shirtless, just leave him shirt. We all accept that he goes around without a shirt on and Donald runs around without pants on. We, we accept those things as reality. You don't need to clothe them. Like I think the robe <laughs> keeps him safe or like keeps him anonymous in the land of darkness, which is also important because Riku looks like Billy Zane. That's true. And he, uh, he has a, he's into like BDSM because he's got a blindfold on. And, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, 
I, I don't know. R- Riku, that, that whole thing is just wild. Uh, One we, day, I, 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 need, I, I need to play more. <laughs> that's going to be my goal next year. They're, they're, they're silly games, and I don't think they play very well, but then you have conversations like this. Like, <laughs> this is where the series goes, and it keeps going. I feel like a QAnon podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't believe what we're saying. It's okay. So. Oh, and I do have one other game to mention very, very briefly. Unfortunately, I, I downloaded Diablo Immortal to try it. And that's as far as I got. Unfortunately, I really want to try it, but I can't stop playing DBZ Legendary Super Warrior. So I haven't actually tried. I was going to try it before the show, but it didn't happen. I, read, I didn't do it. That's such a good feeling. Just playing the, the weird game. No one wants or expects you to play. I, I mean, this is all my gaming. I love that feeling, but I'm excited. I want to try the album immortal. Like I'm, I, I have it on my phone and I'm going to, I'm going to try it. It, I might be getting to a mobile game for the first time in a long, I was going to play it on steam, but it's not on steam. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about blizzards client, even though it's free. Yeah, and I rather play it on PC. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I think they're pretty identical, but I, I've also heard the PC versions in beta. So okay. as finished, uh, which makes it sounds interesting. I, it, by all accounts, it's like a full triple a Diablo experience, but, they really cram in the microtransactions, which that's why I stay away from phone games in general, because I don't like that. Like, I want to play another Eden only because there's that whole Chrono Cross stuff. So I've been interested to try that. But I just I it's very hard for me to stick with a phone game. I just I don't look at them the same way. I had a job where uh, an office job where I would finish all my work after maybe like two hours, two and a half hours and couldn't leave. <laughs> and I ended up playing through Dragon Quest one, three, four and five on my phone just such a lifesaver and those are great versions of those games if, if you're going to play those games those are probably the way to do it at this point uh especially four through six so that kind of got me over that what is this game okay. game hurdle a diablo immortal oh diablo okay i was looking I, I heard immortal and so i looked for immortal and there's like 12 games that start with immortal and i was like <laughs> oh no <laughs> no, Diablo Immortal is the new Diablo game that people threw a huge fit when it got announced because they wanted Diablo oh, 4 and we're getting a mobile game. Do you guys not have phones? It was that game. Yeah, I mean, I well, get it. I mean, mobile games are, are not liked for a very good reason. I, I, I think people go too far with it. I, I think you there are great games on mobile. There are. Um, they're just they're not easy to you have to go through all the junk and, and get stuff recommended to you to find the good stuff. Just play the Dragon Quests. They're phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, those just, are real games. Just I, yeah. do want to, I do want to criticize uh, Square Enix a tiny bit with their iOS ports because, like, they're they're all different versions. So, like, if you buy it on the phone, you can't play it on an iPad. Yeah. So, oh, really? All like seventeen dollars. It's like, like, yeah, I want to play Final Fantasy Tactics again. I got to pay almost twenty dollars for the for the privilege to put to buy it for like the fourth time and then <laughs> and then it has load times it's like this is a this is flash memory this is the fastest phone on the earth like why why am i having to deal with these these load times so i also I blame apple the, i won't defend the load times but 17 dollars for final fantasy tactics isn't bad like that game's enormous and no i know that's too much cram your life into it it's, it's more. I, I get the feeling. It's a it's a phone game, and that's expensive yeah. for a phone game. But like, if you look yeah, at what oh. you're getting, it's not bad at all. Phone games are like five bucks, ten bucks tops, ten bucks tops. I mean, you're re-releasing something you made on pl- on PlayStation that's, One. That's fair. Like that you released at this point, probably over six times. Like just, just put it, you'll make your money back. It's fine. <laughs> but it's okay because the iOS version is the first genuinely good version because the PSP version 
and horrific slowdown that you have to patch out of it if you're going to go back and play it. You can also <laughs> play Final Fantasy 3, which is the the actual Final Fantasy 3 that came out on DS because they ported it. Yeah, to that remake. <laughs> So, so yeah, if you if you want to learn the origins of the job system, I I loved that game when it came out, but it is a snooze fest because those characters are meant to be to have you imprint characters uh, into like basically like you're that like they're just nobodies. They're faceless nobodies that you can name. We can't use that word anymore. Not after this podcast. God, (laughs) sorry, somebody is there. Somebody. But you can get other stuff out of an RPG, you know? Sure. No, and, and they're a lot of fun. But uh, it's like now, if I was, if if that game came out today, I, I, I don't know. It would it would not be high on my, my list of games to play. But it is a fun game to go back and play every once in a while. It's interesting because 5 updates that job system to be so much more flexible. And 3 is, it's very much a puzzle solving thing. It's like, yeah. you know, you go here with this party and that's how you do it. It's very like it's fascinating. A, a, I think it's very like uh, like they were trying to figure out. I mean, it was the first game with a job system and it's very like you can tell that it's very like rudimentary, right? Like the it's like this is all red mage and you you can't red mage. That's it. Like, you know, <laughs> level up the one job and and that's all you get. They did expand it in, in five and th- there's there's definitely better examples of the job system. I think uh, tactics is really, really awesome. Yeah, and it is even the Game Boy ones, but like, yeah, it's the first time. But then, like uh, Daniel said, it, at five, Final Fantasy five, it was it was really smooth. They knew what they were doing. Five is a really underrated game. Five's phenomenal. And four job Fiesta is starting soon. So um, I'm thinking oh, yeah. jumping in this year. So that could be fun. But oh, I, I, I think three, what three is going for is different enough from five. But I think it's it's valid. <laughs> I like that game a lot. Someday I got to play. Maybe <laughs> I don't like that. You have to grind battles whenever you change jobs. That's, that's when you put a podcast on and you just watch yeah. TV. I, I, I think <laughs> if I had a podcast I was into, like the way I play video games now, I think I'd enjoy it a lot more. I also play a lot of old RPGs. They're perfect for podcasts. I mean, you throw on like, there's a couple I recommend player one podcast, completely unnecessary podcast. Gamer looks at 40, put on some of those and just yeah chill. Listen to, listen to awesome voices and just yeah, do what listen, you, and just listen play. to games. My mom found. Not too. <laughs> I'm trying to shout out, buddy, friends of mine. Uh, no Man's a Fantasy is another one. Listen to them too. I plug my own podcast enough, so I'm trying to be. <laughs> well, I'm plugging my buddies, Mike. <laughs> uh, Dan, what else have you been playing? Yeah, so game I was going to talk about been playing uh, Super Monkey Ball. Oh, uh, for GameCube? GameCube? Yep. I got a new PC, and my old PC, a bunch of the USB ports were broken, so I really only had three I could use. Now I have eight. So I can I can plug my GameCube controller in with my adapter pretty easily. And I'm like, all right, what, what do I want to play with an actual GameCube controller? And it, you know, it's Super Monkey Ball. That game rolls. <laughs> but I'm my gaming tastes have changed. So I think I appreciate it a lot more now than when I was a kid. Like I played a lot more arcade games and kind of, you know, learning those roots and finding ways to increase your high score and routing out bananas and getting to the extra stages. It's 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 such a great game in ways I Kind of didn't realize when I was a kid, because you know you're a kid, you you credit, yeah, you team, don't use all your continues, you get to the credits, and I'm like, okay, that was that was fun. Let me go play Monkey Target. I've only played it once, a little bit, a long, long time ago. I have no real history with that series. It's great. I I would like to see a r- original Monkey Ball machine because it has it, it's an analog arcade machine that has a banana analog stick. Okay, uh, 
which is just great. But the GameCube controller feels good with it. Uh, it has those 16 little notches, so you can make adjustments. Uh, for people who don't know what Super Monkey Ball is, it's, it's a marble game. You play a... You, well, you don't play a monkey in a ball. You are trying to get a monkey in a plastic ball into a goal, um, and you only control it by tilting the stage using the analog stick. And as you tilt it, the monkey moves, and a bunch of the a bunch of the stages have obstacles that also move when you tilt it. So say there are moving platforms, you need to like, oh no, move this to the left to get this platform to, to bounce around to get to a point where the monkey can get through. And there are a bunch of skips built into all the levels. Like if you're able to get enough momentum, you can do all these wild jumps. And, and the scoring system really encourages you to do that. If you, if you have a timer, it's either 60 or 30 seconds most of the time. If you get to the goal in half the time, it doubles your stage score. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah, really built for speedrunning. Your your score is going to be time. It's great. And the the tragedy I, I talked about during the pre-show a bit. I so you get to you get another set of stages if you finish a difficulty without any deaths. And I got to the final level of the middle difficulty, the the thirty stage advanced game. And on the last level, I lost all my lives. So I got there with no deaths and then lost all my lives. So during the yeah, that is a tragedy. It is. So during the free show, I went into the practice mode and kind of figured out a route for that. And I've kind of been idly fidgeting with it during the show. And, and I'm uh, <laughs> on the second extra level for advanced mode now. And it has killed me six times. It's this <laughs> goal, like rotating really quickly. And as I try to get near it, it just smacks me off the stage. It's, it's absurd. It's mean. And it's this that game. era too. GameCube has some really has some mean games like that era PS2, early PS2 GameCube. Like there's some mean stuff in there. And it's just an arc- arcade thing. Like yeah. this was made as an arcade game. And if you look at the games they make now, that team became the Yakuza team. Those games are very different and way more player friendly. But yeah, they, I don't like they, arcade games. I like arcade games a lot. Not my style. I have another arcade game to talk about today, um, <laughs> which is way harder than Super Monkey Ball. <laughs> and um, Cody, anything else you want to mention? The the only other thing that I, I kind of play on any regular basis is Halo Infinite multiplayer uh, season two just dropped uh, in May. And uh, they, they came with a really cool uh, new mode called Land Grab. And, you know, it's it's you know what Halo is, everybody. Uh, yeah. But it's not <laughs> four on four, you know, kill. Um, but they so they have a option uh, or they have a new mode called Land Grab that I've been really liking. You are on two teams of four. And three neutral zones spawn on the map, and you have to capture those zones. So each zone is worth one point, and three new zones will spawn once the three that are currently out have been captured. And so the object is to basically do like a King of the Hill style, but they're constantly moving, and they're constantly uh, in your... So you're just constantly trying to get one more than the other team. Um, so that's it's a fun little way to kind of, you know... Uh, keep the the modes new and fresh and and fun to play. They also have a last Spartan standing mode, which is just like a battle royale. Oh, kind of uh, yeah, you know every every uh, online shooter has to have one of those now. So mm-hmm. they that is it like a big map? Or are you like looting? Is it? Uh, so it's it's just a it. They take big team battle maps and it's just it's a twelve players and you get okay. five lives and. <laughs> And basically, the uh, the thing is, is you kind of level up as you get kills. So you start with a pistol, and then when you kill, when you get a kill, then they give you another gun. Uh, I think it's the uh, 
it's that stupid shotgun, not the not the actual shotgun, which is trash in in Halo Infinite. Um, oh, that, you can figure that, it out. How how do they take away the best weapon in Halo? Like if this shotgun, <laughs> if the Halo Infinite shotgun met the Halo One shotgun, it would shake it upside down for its brunch money. Like it, like that shotgun. <laughs> the shotgun in this game is awful. I mean, you can't compare it to other Halo shotguns. Like in Halo Two, that shotgun was not a good bit of game design. I love it, but. <laughs> I don't know. You, you you can't make a Halo shotgun. People are going to like these days. I think the Mastodon's fine. Mm. <laughs> it's fine. And it, it, it takes like three hits to kill somebody with a shotgun. What? I mean, that, that was a glory of it in two. Is it was a one-shot kill if you got somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and you'd have swords versus shotties. And, uh, what yeah, it doing? was whoever got to whoever got first. They were done. Sure. The sword lined yes. you up. Uh, they got whoever you, got to the, the good weapons would win in Halo 2. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so it was all about whoever got the power weapons and you just hold the power weapons. That was Halo yeah. 2. And, uh, Unless you were noob, noob tubing, I think it was called back then, or whatever. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> uh, no, the, the last the last mode that I want to talk about that they added is called Vampire Ball. And okay. if you play Oddball, uh, it's basically like Oddball, but the me- you you can use it as a like a melee attack, right? So in Vampire Ball, the melee attack is a one hit kill, and if you kill somebody with the ball, then you get a fifty percent shield. So okay. basically. Uh, you can if you do multiple kills, then it can upgrade your shields like all the way to overshield strength, basically. And so, yeah, you just you get the ball and then you try to hit people with it. I really liked what I played of Halo Infinite, but I, I played it around the time it came out. But every mode was oddball. Like every other time you got into a match, it would be oddball. <laughs> that got kind That'd of tiring. Yeah, they, they they they've done a little bit better job of of switching it up and having different events uh, in different playlists. Most of the time, I'm playing in ranked. Uh, I think I just hit mm-hmm. the first platinum level, which is not like amazing. It's it's pretty low. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what the rankings are, but I think last time I got to like platinum two, which is also not very good. But I just I just have fun. I I like playing it because it's fun, and that's and I just watch like a uh, YouTube videos while I play it and you know, nice. just kind of run out. Nothing wrong with that. If you're having, I mean, as long as you're having fun, that's all that matters in the game. Hell I had yeah. a real blast with that game when it came out. Um, and it sounds like it's probably a good time to jump back in. How is the story? Is the story decent with the campaign? It's fine. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually rereading the books. I just finished, uh, the fall of reach. Good book. There's, uh, there's like, I think 29 halo books now. Oh my uh, God. So there, there's a lot of novels and I, I don't know. It, it was better than Halo 5 story, which was a big nothing burger. Doesn't it, it end on a cliffhanger that Infinite like kind of just glosses past like it happened between games? Yeah, kind of. They, they I mean, they're basically like, look, we get it. You know, it was bad enough that we <laughs> try to make Halo 6. We're just going to make infinite now. And yeah, Cortana went rampant and now she's gone and we've got a new Cortana and she with, and she's got blackjack and hookers and what? Just, no, just, it's she's just not at blackjack. No, no, she doesn't have blackjack, uh, but she, it's just a new Cortana. And yeah. So, and at the end you have a new sidekick. Uh, I forgot what his name is, um, but he, yeah, he, and he flies the ship. They, there's Chucky. He drives the van. Yep. And yeah, so now you now you're, uh, I guess, going to explore in space because they kind of reset everything. And now we've just got new uh, new Cortana and we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, also, the grappling hook. 
in the campaign feels amazing. Oh, yes. That's such a great grappling hook. Yes, it is really that that made the gameplay so much better. It's fun to pick it up in multiplayer. Uh, It's very satisfying to hook somebody and then kill them with a sword Uh, because there's nothing you can do when you see some when you get hooked. It's like you better hope that they're like you're you've got shots on body because like that that person is coming towards you very quickly and you are about to get either sorted or the butt of a gun in your face. And it is not fun. Yeah, the mobility is great. Um, you, you just in the campaign, you can it's unlimited use. So you can really chain things together in really goofy ways, like make make Halo dumb and physics-y. That's, that's what I want out of that series. I don't uh, think I ever once used any of the other power-ups. It was like, I'd get a power-up, and I'd be like, okay, but can I go fast with it? And then it's like, nope. It's like, alright, back to the hook shot, and then just kind of... <laughs> it, it, it's it's great. It's, it's legitimately like the best first-person uh, grappling hook I've ever used. I love it. I really want to try it at some point, but... Um, as for the story, Mike, I think it's a direct sequel to Halo Wars 2, I've heard. Okay, I haven't I haven't really touched Halo in a long time. I played Halo 2, played Halo 3, never played 4 or 5. I own them, never played them. And I played Halo Wars 1, but never played Halo Wars 2 yet. And I want to. Halo Wars 1, was, uh, I really liked it. How, how much do you care about Xbox achievements? I don't care at all anymore. Okay, then you don't have to play 4 or 5. <laughs> well, I like to play games just to beat them. No, I mean, yeah, that's a big part. Fine. Like, and I think if you take them as like their own little self-contained thing, like the idea of Master Chief kind of like helping a rogue Cortana who's running, going rampant. I I won't spoil how that ends, but it's it's uh, it's an interesting story. And so Master Chief is kind of seen as like this. Oh, he's going off the he's going rogue. He's not following our procedures. And uh, so another set of Spartans are sent after him to kind of like hunt him down. And so you're kind of running from them as well as the third new aliens, which are the Prometheans. They're like a pre a proto human uh, or like a human ancestor. And uh, it's a long story, but uh, they have like these guardian robots that are pretty, pretty cool. I think they're fun enemies, but four and five are interesting. Like if you take them as their own thing, um, but they are just very like not the original Halo. And is it four or five? That's not even on PC. Five is not. Yeah, so that, that's why I haven't touched it. People like it's multiplayer. I play everything on PC if I can at this point. I don't even use Same. my PS4 or yeah, I just don't. I, I love PC. I'm a I'm completely a PC gamer now. My laptop is my world. The 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 multiplayer for five was a lot of fun. I still played that off and on. Um, I think the most of the Halo community still uh, f- uh, focuses on the Master Chief Collection because um, you can do the multiplayer from two and three, which is uh, streets ahead of of the multiplayer from four but so a lot of people are still into that and every once in a while i, I load it up just to kind of uh play through some uh odst or something like that and they're like oh you can unlock all these rad like roman armors and it's like oh that's cool but uh, i don't know it's a really, really impressive collection it, it's really got there uh also mike halo infinite's multiplayer is free you want to try it but i don't i don't play multiplayer anymore oh well I can't. campaign is not free I know. I, I can't play multiplayer anymore. I, I was never a bi- I mean, the only time I really like Halo 2 was a mul- I like Halo 2 multiplayer, but that was a, that was a time and place. Mm-hmm. And I've tried multiplayer games since then, but I just, it's not for me. Okay. I mean, it's free with an asterisk if you have Game Pass. 
I thought okay. if you didn't have a game, game. Oh, yeah, the campaign is. Yeah. Yeah, the campaign is free if you free asterisk with Game Pass, but it is yeah, on Game Pass for anyone listening. If you want to uh, jump in, the, the multiplayer is free and you can find me on Xbox. I'm on. I'm not Cody Smith on Xbox. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to jump in myself. I'm excited. Good games. Okay. And anything else you've been playing, Dan, that you want to mention? Yeah, I, I've been playing two other games I want to bring up. Um, first is Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh. I upgraded my PC, got a whole new motherboard, CPU, all that stuff. I'm like, okay, how? Wh- what do I play here? What what will give me the most graphics? And I didn't want to play Cyberpunk. So um, <laughs> I got the PC version of Red Dead Redemption 2, and I'm, I'm playing on Ultra 60 FPS. It's it's great. That game is is pretty well optimized. It's also pretty good. On PS4, I played up to Chapter 4. I started over still on Chapter 1, but I'm doing a lot of the side stuff, a lot of the challenges. I love the way they implement those challenges, where it's just, you're in the open world, try and do these stupid things. It's like hunting in a very particular way, dragging people 30 feet with your lasso, like racing from uh, across the map in a certain amount of time. Um, it really pushes you towards engaging with these systems, which are so detailed, and they do a great job of encouraging role playing. Like if you lock on to someone without a gun, you have options that aren't violent. You can talk to them. You have context sensitive conversation stuff. That's cool. Um, it feels great to have this open world where my I have interactions that go beyond hurting people. <laughs> I, I want to really play Red like Dead. That. Redemption 2 someday, but I it's, it sounds so gigantic. It is. And I haven't played it really since I picked up Wario Land 2, but I'm excited <laughs> to get back to it. And I'm still, I'm like a fifth of the way through the story. I'm focusing much on the story, but that's the weird thing about that game. You have this world that's so gigantic and flexible and such a great role-playing experience, and then you get to the missions, and if you even turn your horse a different direction than they want you to, you get a game over. It's like, That's... it becomes the most linear possible version of itself. Huh, and I would just, I would do the main missions if I played it. Yeah. So, so you'd be playing like a, a linear shooter with a lot of downtime, oh. um, which is fine. I, I think it's a good one. The writing's fantastic. The scenarios are cool, but I think that game really shines when you're off in the open world doing else what, and I think the story kind of actively moves against that. Even the story in the open world is really impressive. You have a morality system, which it seems half-baked when you first start it. You know, like you do honorable things, your honor goes up. You do dishonorable things, your honor goes down. But the more I play with it, the more I think it character it, it adds to the main character's characterization. So you're you're part of a gang of bank robbers after like a yacht robbery goes wrong and you're kind of fleeing to the east from the cops and you're to get more honor. You're doing things for the good of the group. So you're, you know, being polite and helping people helps with that, but you really increase it by going to the camp and donating money or doing chores. You can like chop wood or feed the horses and just that but little that, bit of was a prequel, right? So the first one, yeah. yeah. Because John Marson is in this game, if I remember correctly. He is. He can't be if it's a sequel. <laughs> yes. In in the first three missions, you you save him from a bear, which is... I it, And my heart kind of sunk where I'm like, oh, the first thing they do in this game is like explain how John Marson got the scars. I'm like, that is 
the least interesting bit of plot I could imagine. But you're <laughs> doing lots of cool stuff. Uh, but to get the money, you're out there doing crimes and hurting people and losing honor. So as this goes up and down, I think you're getting a really complicated view of this character and what he values and what this little niche of society values. And I think it adds a ton to the story. I, I'm really impressed with it. Having a blast. And it's so okay. pretty. It's so, Semi, so pretty. On my Sunday list. Fantastic. <laughs> they're, they're, they're realistic. Yeah, I, I think before it came out, they talked about like how the horse testes change depending on uh, the temperature. Just that's the level of detail you're working with. <laughs> it is um, Rockstar, so I, I get it. And why not? <laughs> yeah, excited to play a lot more of that. Okay, and then uh, what else have you been playing, Dan? So, very different game. I've been playing Ketsui Kizuna Jigo Tachi, I think it's called. Um, <laughs> which is a 2006 manic shooter, Maku bullet hell, whatever you call them. Okay. Um, by Cave. It's really hard. It's, it's considered one of the hardest cave games, but the scoring system is really interesting. So, you know, you're, you're moving up in the screen, and the closer you are to an enemy when you kill them with your normal shot, the more, the higher it increases your multiplier, like little scoring items with the number from one through five come down when you kill an enemy. And you have a lock shot that will, for the next, say, two seconds after one of those kills, will spawn more of those chips and also cash in the overall multiplier you built up. It, it, it's pretty complicated, but you're trying to basically memorize where every enemy is and find these super dangerous routes to kill enemies when you're right next to them and milk as much score as you can. And once you've got a high enough score, if you beat it like without dying, bombing, and with a ridiculous score, you get a different second loop with a different final boss and a different ending. This cave games, I, I think of them as these 20 minute long games with big twists 60 hours in. Um, <laughs> and Ketsui seems to be the most hardcore, the most like carefully designed and the music's amazing. Uh, I've been playing the PS4 version that lets you add an arrangement for a different game, actually, by Jake Kaufman, who did the Shovel Knight soundtrack. So the Shovel Knight composer <laughs> remixing this wild mid oddies heavy metal album. There's just so much cool about that game. Um, it's hard to talk about on a podcast because it, it's so yeah, mechanically it's dense. It's kind of an easier game to write a book about, I think, than talk about. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's it's on PS4. M2 did a PS4 version that has a practice mode that kind of cuts it up into save state. I don't know, these two minute long gameplay sections to help you learn the game. And if you die, it just rewinds three or four seconds. It's like, no, no, no. Learn how to do this. Learn how to do this without getting hit. And I think that's really cool. I think M2, in terms of game preservation, is light years ahead of everyone else in the industry. They're, they're like the Criterion collection of video games. So support them. Go go buy their stuff, including Ketsu. Right, any, any other games you guys want to mention? No? I, okay. I've been so, kind of so. doing, the, doing my uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts is very all-engrossing. So. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you take the baptism of, of Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I understand. And then we just have a, we'll mention some movies and TVs. I have a couple TV things that I'll go through two of them really fast. I've been watching Gotham season two, but not as much lately. That show is really strange as hell and really dark, yeah. but interesting. I do like it. It's just weird as hell. And then I also been watching tons of documentaries about 
serial killers and conspiracies, and I just am in a weird documentary mood. I watched one the Unabomber. That's yeah, interesting stuff. And then, yeah, so those are the two random shit I've been doing. Uh, Cody, anything you watching TV series that you want to mention? I, I'm i always watching different cartoons and stuff. Uh, the Rescue Rangers movie is awesome. Uh, okay. Everybody <laughs> watch it. It 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 has a really interesting villain, and uh, I'm actually not completely done with the film. With everyone being sick in the house, it's been you yeah. know uh, kind of keeping keeping the kid happy by watching like Alana of Avalor a lot. That's a that's a fun one. But uh, yeah, uh, that and uh, I've actually been uh, I, I just read uh, Jesus and John Wayne. It's a really interesting book about uh, uh, white nationalism and oh. how like. Uh, basically how it's so entwined with white evangelicalism and that yeah. they're basically the same thing. And so it's if you're into that sort of stuff, uh, that's a very interesting uh, read. I grew up in a very re- re- strictly religious homeschool slash church environment. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to look at things from outside because uh, she talks about the history of like the Republican Party from like 1920 until the present. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, I. I read a little of, I think the article it's based on where it's, it's like how the Republican party moved towards evangelicalism, which is fascinating. Um, you, you said the title is Jesus and John Wayne. Does it, does it get into like Westerns and stuff and how that ties into all no. of that? So it's, it's more about how like uh, people like John Wayne, even if they weren't necessarily Christian, they kind of exemplified like what a quote white Christian should look like. And it, it talks about how, there was a lot of pressure once the West was kind of quote one because there wasn't really anything for men to do, right? Like men are supposed to be conquerors and they're supposed to be uh, these guys that like they, you know, they stand up for, for honor and they defend women. And when you, when you run out of Westerns, which is why like Ronald Reagan was really big because he did a bunch of Westerns Mm -hmm. and John Wayne was just kind of seen as like, Oh, look, look at this man who's protecting women and liberating people. But who is he always liberating them from? He's always <laughs> being Native Americans. He's fighting. He's fighting the Spanish. He's, you know, uh, Mexicans, or, probably Mexicans. Yeah, a lot of Native Americans, a lot of Mexicans. Um, and so it's like, oh, you know, actually, a lot of uh, white male Christian identity is wrapped up in like fighting people that are perceived as potential enemies and that's really uh it's really an interesting book uh if it, whether with whichever side you fall on it's it's really interesting to look at how like oh the idea of like men being you know the only breadwinner is just very hard in this economy but it's seen as the ideal and it's like well why is why are those things and it talks about like different christian beliefs that kind of fed into that and how basically white christian uh, white Christianity is is almost equal to Americanism to those types of people, yeah. and that's why like churches and stuff like that can say things like, "Oh, they're coming after our way of life," and they don't hear that as like, "Oh, they're coming after Christians; they're coming after us." So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting book. Okay, that that does sound really interesting. Actually, yeah, it sounds fascinating. I mean, because I I've said in the show I, I am liberal. I don't really like, but I'm I'm pretty liberal. But I try not to keep it too much. But yeah, like that that that's cool. It's free okay. on Libby. I, I don't read on Libby, unfortunately. Yeah, it's free on Libby. Uh, Libby is a is an audiobook app, and if you have a library card, if your if your local area participates, you can uh, log in and you can uh, download 
free audiobooks. I also read uh, uh, or you know listened to uh, Lead from the Outside by Stacey Abrams. She is currently running for governor in Georgia. And oh, yeah. She ran a, before, too. Yep, she ran before, and she's a really big organizer. Um, so that was an excellent book as well about, you know, just kind of how do you how do you become a leader when you're not a part of, like, the dominant group? How do you become a leader when everything you believe is different from the people around you? And that sort of thing. It was, it was interesting. Okay. That, that does sound cool. I also, like... I, I also like I like statistics and I like looking at things like I've I've many times have talked about the whole link of Christianity and the Republican Party because they they need that link. Because if you take if they like they ever went in the, in the Republican Party decided to agree with abortion, like, yeah, that's fine. People should have the right. They would they would never win again because they would lose people who vote for them. They can't. And even whether they believe it or not, they can't change it because it would mess up the dynamic for them. Yeah, I believe. And I mean, this is whether you believe whatever you believe or not, it, it's. I think it's more of a reason that you would lose a group of people and statistically you can't win if you don't have enough people. So that, that idea. Well, and uh, there's a, there's actually another book that talks about that called the flag and the cross. And uh, he, the author of that book basically says like, well, you know, if you're a Republican, it's just easier to assume that your crowd is white Christian. Yeah. And if you're speaking to one group, um, then it's easier to have people call to action and have to cover up any like particular differences between like, policy issues and that sort of thing with with more liberal groups they tend to be more ethnically diverse more religiously diverse consider a broader range of political beliefs so politicians on the left have a harder time organizing people because of those differences which makes perfect sense that's interesting though yeah yeah there's and even i i think it is easier for people to feel like part of a group when you're all the same don't have uh, all of those differences in view you know i mean and i i think people who vote who vote liberal tend to have you know believe lots of different things like my my parents and i both vote democrat we believe completely different things about what they should actually do yeah i mean i vote democrat too and i I, my own opinions don't always match up with like what you would see as like the the more common stuff i don't know so yeah i I can get that with like republican can tend to be a lot of the same thing at times because it's a smaller group. Yeah, and and basically, yeah, the the right has kind of more co- more or less coalesced about their beliefs, and whereas on the left, it's like you know, there's you have people all the way from like anarchists, you know, to yellow dog Democrats that basically just like, yeah, I want things to be kind of better, but you know, they don't really put a lot of effort into it. So, uh, you got a you got a, a wider berth of people you have to get committed to anything. So <laughs> it's a little harder. <laughs> What's that book called? Oh, the the second book is called The Flag and the Cross. And the first one? Uh, the first one was Jesus and John Wayne. Jesus and John Wayne. Cool. All right. There's your political talk. It gave my mouth up. <laughs> but hey, I think it was unbiased, so that's all good. I, I am biased, but I try not to be on here. <laughs> I am very biased, but I try not to be. Data, when it's data, you don't have to be biased. You're just... Yeah, you're no, just... data, I try to... That's why I try to be very, like... Anytime I have conversations that are political, I try to keep it all data focused for people because if I'm just getting biased and there's no, I might as well just not talk because neither of us are going to get anywhere. So I try to keep it always statistical. Exactly. That's just my way of, 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 I view things my own way, but I always try to find the actual real statistic that are from third, you know, third parties that are not involved either way that will answer a question. But yeah. Oh, and um, one, I do have two movies I want to mention real fast because they'll be brief. I watched Top Gun because the first Top Gun, just because it was on Netflix. Like you have one day to watch this. I'm like, 
fuck it, let's watch this dumb movie again. <laughs> I saw it it's, for the first time. It's okay. It's, it's not, not great. great. It's not great. <laughs> it's just fine. I mean, it's an, <laughs> I think was it eighties, right? Top Gun's eighties. Oh yeah. Okay. Eighty six, I think. So so in the it's fine. It's not great. I mean, the way that it's just. It's just a movie. I mean, I watched that, and I also watched U.S. Marshals because I was I, I, just because it was there, and I'm like, okay, U.S. Marshals. If it's still on Netflix, watch it. If you never have, it's a sequel to Fugitive, kind of, and it's a really good movie with I've Wesley Snipes. Fugitive. Hmm? I, I I've never seen the Fugitive. I hear it's great. Oh, you don't need to see U.S. Marshals to see Fugitive, but it is kind of a sequel to Fugitive. It's the same team of U.S. Marshals that goes after Harrison Ford in the Fugitive, and this is just another mission that they or another assignment they have. Weird, aren't they like the villains of that movie? Kind of? I mean, kind of, because they're going after an innocent man, and spoiler alert, okay. they're going after another innocent man, but yeah, it, it's good. Interesting. Definitely, you should, I would rec- I recommend it to people. Seeing Top Gun Maverick with my father tomorrow. Um, no, I don't know that's, I that. th- that's why I end up seeing Top Gun, and I, I, I talked to him about it, and I said, yeah, I, I, I thought the, the scenes in the air were great, but I, I didn't really care about any of the characters, and he said... You didn't like Goose? I'm like, oh, this is one of the, like, three pieces of fiction my father cares about, I guess. And I did like Goose. Goose deserved better. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he didn't deserve to die by getting knocked into a thing, into the cockpit, but yeah. And I also don't understand the obsession with great balls of fire. Like, I don't understand. I will say Highway to Danger Zone is still really cool. That's a good song in that movie. There, There are iconic moments in that movie. I don't know if it's good, but. Okay, iconic. Okay, yes. we'll go with iconic. That's a better. That's a better phrase. Like I was, I watched it while I was editing. I would just put it on because it was there. I'm like, ah, oh, let's talk gun. Why not? <laughs> and Dan, any other shows or movies you want to mention? Yeah, I uh, I saw. I, I've been watching Futurama again, which has been good. I, I caught a few Futurama references from <laughs> uh, from Cody during this. That show is still pretty good. I, I'm a little apprehensive about the new season, but I'm excited for it. Is it they, streaming anywhere? Uh, it's not out yet. Oh, I mean uh, the current, the old stuff. Yeah, it's on Hulu. I, I was on mute. Um, I, I, I said, I'm 40% references. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my wife has been wanting to rewatch Futurama again. She's been talking. I've, I've seen parts of it here and there, but it's a good. Hey, I, I love anything good background for editing. So, yeah, I not every episode is a banger, but when it's good, it's really good. It's kind of where I am with it now. I, I'm. Almost to the first cancellation, so I'm interested to see how I feel about those <laughs> later seasons now. Um, I remember the movies not being amazing, but it kind of finding its footing again. Um, I remember when they came out. I worked at Target, I think, at the time. So yeah, my, I, partner, my partner watches them to fall asleep. So I we have them on our uh, on our NAS server, and she just uh, she just puts on a season. So I I've been falling asleep to it for about nice. a year now. And <laughs> that's why it's all in my head. <laughs> it's really comfy. Um, and occasionally you get an episode like Godfellas or Roswell that ends well. Just like, oh, this is <laughs> one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. Um, wow. Okay. And then the next one's like, okay, this is fine. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I mean um, it's okay, though. I have a TikTok to send you after this, Daniel. I, I actually just <laughs> promised right before this. Okay. Um, Cody, um, do you have any other shows or movies oh, you want to mention? Not I really. Have two that I I want to get to at the end. Uh, our last topic. No, I mean uh, that that's pretty much it. I I just I've been listening to podcasts and getting more caught up on that, and mo- it's mostly kids stuff because I have my daughter for the summer, so we we watched uh, the Rescuers uh, and Rescuers Down Under back to back, which was pretty oh, fun. Nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean those those are just fun Disney movies. They've got a nice warm place in my heart. Plus, uh, the the main kid's name is Cody, uh, so. 
Uh, my hey, daughter got out of that. Your name. Hey, that's <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. So that's that's it, for me, Mike. Okay, uh, Dan. Any other things you want to mention before our last topic? Yeah, I, I have a couple movies I, I sure. want to mention. Uh, I saw RRR, which I I don't know what that stands for. Um, it stands for a lot of things. I think it's like uh, Revolt, Rise Up, whatever. It, it, it's a South Indian movie. It, it's a Tollywood movie. Piece of historical fiction about two anti-English revolutionaries um, in, I don't remember what city it takes place, um, but in India. I'll look that up. Who never met in real life. And this movie says, what if they were, what if they met and were best friends and also superheroes? So it's this super anti-colonialist three-hour absurd action epic. It's mostly in slow motion. One of the main characters is introduced trying to arrest someone while fighting his way through a crowd of thousands of people. The other is introduced capturing a tiger who at one point roars at him and he just roars back at it. That's just the kind of world this is in. It's filled with these phenomenal musical numbers. It has uh, the, the villains are John Barenthal, who was the Punisher in the movies, and Allison Duty, who was the Nazi woman from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, um, <laughs> I like her. Yeah, it, I I turned to my friend during the intermission, which is like an hour and a half in. And I'm like, I can't believe we've been watching this for 90 minutes. I feel like I've just binged three seasons of a TV show, and I'm I'm ready for another three. It, it's incredible. I, I cannot recommend enough. It, it's on Netflix. Unfortunately, the Netflix version is dubbed into Hindi, which for a musical, you probably don't want to watch it dubbed. So I would recommend tracking down the Telugu version. We're subs versus subs podcast here. <laughs> you got to you got to make your stance. I, I guess I if it was dubbed into English, that would be something. But I don't understand Hindi either <laughs> for a musical. I think I'll, I'll always go subs. Yeah, um, I mean, just because you want the music will make more sense. Or, I mean, you will be able to understand what they're saying. I, I watch everything in subtitles just because I, I mean, I have subtitles on even when I'm watching in English most of the time. Me too. Every time, not yeah, every time, everything. Um, but really can't recommend that movie enough. Like th- literally four or five of the most amazing action scenes I've seen in a modern blockbuster. I, I feel like I could lift up a tiger and throw it at an English army general after I saw that movie. It's, it's that kind of experience. <laughs> okay. Should I mention the other one, or do we want to? Sure, yeah, no, feel free. Yeah, so in theaters, I saw Men, the new Alex Garland horror movie starring Jesse Plemons, which is about a woman who, after her husband commits suicide, after, or commits suicide or or falls from a building, it's unclear which, after she tells him she's going to divorce him, she kind of goes to the English countryside to get away from it, you know, rents this really nice house, and things are strange there. You know, people are oddly, all the men in the village, you know, the movies called men are oddly hostile to her and all in very different ways from each other. A, a naked man with plants growing out of him starts stalking her. I'm trying not to spoil much because this movie goes to some really wild places. Okay. Uh, but if you're up for a horror movie, not you, Mike. Um, Don't be me, no. And there is some pretty fucked up imagery. I think it's phenomenal. Jesse Buckley's great. Uh, Rory Kinnear plays all of the men in the town, including a small child who just has his face like photoshopped onto the body of a child actor. <laughs> okay. It's great. I had a blast. I think it's too weird for a lot of people. It is not getting great notices, but I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. I, I think it's fascinating. 
and That's a sign has of a lot movie, to say, yeah, and and has a lot to say about just how men view and treat women, even in the most you know seemingly innocent of circumstances, and then things get weird. I, I wish I saw it with more people in the theater. There were like four people there. Ugh, awkward. It's not as bad as when I saw Get Out for the second time. First time I saw it full theater, amazing. Second time I saw it, I, I I brought my parents, and we were the only ones in the theater. It's so awkward. I don't mind that in movies, though. I'm okay if I see him with just me or something. Doesn't bother me. Anymore. My parents, my parents aren't into horror movies. Oh, okay. They like Get Out, though. It's a good movie. Nope's coming soon. New Jordan Peele movie. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, never, never seen any of those. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't. I wouldn't have expected you to. <laughs> no um, interest. I know when I was on my uh, my honeymoon when my, when my wife got married, she's like, "We should go see The Nun in theaters." I'm like. We're in a random town in the up in northern Minnesota. We're in we're in Duluth. I'm like, you, I am not going, and I'm I'm not going to see a horror movie in a random town across from a, a haunted boat. Like, I'm just not going to happen. I won't be sleeping. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been horror. getting into the experience, especially the theater experience, which is why I think I'm going to see Crimes of the Future uh, later today or tomorrow. Just the energy of a full theater with a horror movie is is great. I can't um, see horror movies in theaters. Just cannot do it. I can do it at home. I'll watch it at home. Will not watch it in the theater. I couldn't. I couldn't for a while. I stayed away from horror stuff, but I, I got way back into it. I also couldn't even do like American Horror Story. I did like the first two seasons, and then I just I'm like, we're done. <laughs> I just, that, that show's creepy. That show's hard. The first season was. It's a hard show for me. I'm not in that stuff, but yeah. Uh, what I All saw right. the first season was really good, though. Yeah, it's a good show. And then we have two other things that um, two last topics I want to talk about. Have either of you guys seen Obi-Wan? No. I, I plan to I, see it with a friend who's super into Star Wars, but she's been busy. Cody, have you seen any of it yet? I have not. I still haven't finished all of the Boba Fett one. Not the Boba That's Fett. Okay. Just uh, turn it off and walk away. No, I haven't I haven't turned off man uh, turned on uh, Mandalorian yet, but I'm not like a super stickler for any of that stuff, so feel free to feel free to spoil anything. Okay, I won't spoil it, but I'll I'll go brief. I just want to say it. It's really good. It's only at the time you're hearing the, the time this recording is only four episodes. By the time you're hearing this, chances are it might just because this comes out not next week, but the week after it might already be just about done. I really like where it's going. It's I'm hoping it's just awesome. one season, six, six episodes, just a little mini series to kind of just kind of give you a story what Obi-Wan did. But just to kind of see seeing Wayne McGregor back as Obi-Wan after all these years is really, really cool that I. Yeah, we were we're lucky that we're getting that. That's, he, he was a real bright spot of those movies. He really he was. He is, and he, he does a great job replaying the role. He really makes you feel for what's going on in the show, and it gives you a good look on what his character was like in between all the craziness that happens after episode three. Like it's, I know people are complaining about the fourth episode, like, oh, it's a filler episode, oh, it's garbage. Like, no, it was fucking good. Like, I don't know. It's six, so far, four episodes are just good shit. Boba Fett is not good shit, by the way. So that's what I've heard. I haven't seen that yet. Well, if you don't, you don't have to. You can listen to a podcast episode that that talks about the whole thing on Game Five Alpha. So. There we go. But it, it's, I mean, I I say you should watch Book of Boba Fett once if you're a Star Wars fan, but it's not Obi Wan. I recommend to people in general because it's just a very interesting human story, and it also deals a lot with. I think there's enough if, enough trailers online. This isn't a spoiler that Leia's in it, Kid Leia, mm-hmm. and it has a lot to do with her. So, but Oops. I. Highly recommend it. I've been having a blast with it. So from Obi Wan, so from uh, uh, Ewan McGregor. So that that's the most important thing we got out of Star Wars from Ewan McGregor. 
And then the other thing, have you guys watched the new season of Stranger Things? No, I haven't seen season three yet either. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, Cody, you? No, I have not. I, I <laughs> baby boy, and uh, I, I can't watch shows like that. Okay, it's I'll, I'll keep it brief. I haven't finished season four yet. I just started because I finally came back after being on hiatus for like two or three years. It's been I think it's been three years since we got season three. I mean, it's we're yeah, I, I like it. I haven't finished what they have a season four so far. I know we're getting a couple more episodes next month, but I'm glad that it's back. I'm hoping I wish it would end just because, in my opinion, I just want to see it end. So it move on to something else. But the show was only supposed to be five seasons, so they're going to next or hopefully maybe not next year, but hopefully year next the year after they're going to give you the last season and they're they're ending the show where they wanted to end it from the beginning. They're not having just extra seasons for no reason. It's just going as long as it was already planned to and it's just finishing up. But it, it's good. I, if you if you I Stranger Things is not that violent. It's a good show, I think, though. I, I saw the first two seasons and like them both a lot. First two are really good. Three's good too. Three goes a different direction though. But three is also very has like a is a, a lot about a mall, which is really interesting actually. <laughs> sure, I, I like different directions. And then four is different too. I mean, well, the kids are aging, so I need to wrap up the show because they, they can't like yeah, <laughs> you know, kids age fast. They're getting older, <laughs> the mm-hmm. rap time they do the Game of Thrones problem. <laughs> Yeah, Game of, of Thrones had a lot of problems. I've never watched that show except for the season one. So I'm I I I was trying because I have HBO Max. Like, we're gonna you know we're gonna watch this. And I'm just like I don't want to watch this anymore. Like it's just too much for me. Season I, one's pretty good. I haven't watched the show or read the books. It's like the uh, Mass Effect series for me. It's like I recognize that they're good. I recognize that a lot of people like them and that's great, but not for me. It's just not and for me. When it comes to the books, uh, you don't need to. I mean, just, you never, he's never going to finish the series. There's no point. We'll see. I mean, he's still writing stuff. He's just not writing sure. the next book in the series. He's need never, we're never getting wins of winner. I mean, I read books one through five pretty quickly before right around the time season one came out, you know, anticipating for more. And that was, uh, what, nine, ten? That was over ten years ago at this point, I think. And we're still waiting. The show started. Yeah, and we're still waiting for wins of winter, which was supposed to, yeah, he, he never, he's never going to bother. At this point. The show already went where he well, he's done. We'll see. I could see it going either way at this point. I also didn't even finish the last book. I, I really didn't like the, the fifth book. It's not as good. It, like it, the first it four a whole lot. Mm-hmm. First four are really good. The fifth one is just it's because it's a side. It, it's other characters. And then it. Yeah, it's not a good book. I read it in years, but never will again. So <laughs> Me neither. Right, I think that's everything that we've been up. Any last thing you guys want to mention that we still got or ring Neuromancer. That book's pretty good. I don't oh. read enough. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a William Gibson novel from the 60s, kind of the first cyberpunk novel as huh. as we know it. Uh, it coined the term The Matrix. Um, that's cool. Yeah, it's written in this very strange dreamlike style, but like the main character is not all with it. He's he's coming off a drug dependency for very complicated reasons. He he like was poisoned so he couldn't go on the internet and and talk about books that are forward thinking. Like the the whole first chapter is him like getting shakes from the FOMO of not being able to go on the internet. And this was what, 20, 30 years before the internet was even invented, let alone became a consumer product. Um, <laughs> it's very true. I know the feeling. Yeah, I know the feeling too. And I certainly wouldn't in the sixties. I mean, I wasn't alive in the sixties, but you get I'm my con- point. I have to be jacked in at all times. Like I, I mean, one is a, that that's my life. I mean, the internet is my world. I mean, part, it's also my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's my world. I'm but always the, jacked in. Yeah. The, the main characters, Doing cyber crimes and meeting weird cyber people, and it's a good time. 
I, I also saw Johnny Mnemonic, the Keanu Reeves movie, which is oh. in that same universe um, and has beat Takeshi. That movie's weird. I don't know if it's good, but I like it. <laughs> Neuromancer, I would call good. Okay. All right. I think that's everything we need to say. Uh, Cody, where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me on every social media platform. Uh, if 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 I'm on it, I'm not Cody Smith. It is N-O-T-K-O-D-Y-S-M-I-T-H. Uh, I'm on TikTok a lot. I do uh, cartoon videos there where I discuss basically if there's a video game and there's a connected cartoon with it, like the DuckTales cartoon game. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a few videos on that. A um, it's a it's a fun series and uh i I like doing that i've kind of stopped that for a little bit but i'll get back to it at at some point and i just have fun doing little uh little short form videos that kind of explain a little bit about who made these things and and like why did this company do it not that um so those little uh inside baseball things are just a lot of fun for me and people love tiktok people love the tiktoks (laughs) (laughs) my wife is one of them so my money doesn't jiggle, jiggle. It folds. <laughs> <laughs> and Dan, you have anything you want to plug where people can find you at? Sure. I'm, I'm on Twitter as Snacko Zero. I, I, it, for more info, look there. There's not much info there now. I, I want to do more writing. I'm thinking of a lot, doing a lot of interesting stuff, but I haven't yet. I've been very busy. Um, it happens. Yeah. I'll, I'll get there. But yeah, follow me on Twitter. I, I post maybe once a month. So it'll be a treat whenever it comes up. (laughs) All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, there are over 300 other episodes you listen to of this show. We cover movies, games, comics. We do all sorts of shit. So go through our giant catalog. You won't find it all on Spotify or iTunes. They only go back so far. So you can find everything on Podbean or some of the other podcast platforms, such as Podcast Addict. We'll pull our entire catalog for you to scroll through and see what you like. Because there are just tons of stuff. And we try to keep it very... You know, not where it's like, oh, you got to watch, you know, listen to it this week because it has stuff that is only, you know, reliable mm-hmm. that week. Like, it's not news. It's just all sorts of reviews and things. So go check that out. I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Fear. You can follow her on TikTok. She made her music. And give a shout out also to my buddy Bill Tucker, who did the MCU with me. We covered all those movies. He started his own podcast, A Gamer Looks at 40, which is much more of a review show where he kind of looks at how games affect people's lives. So definitely go check that out. It's a very good show and much more editing than what I do here. <laughs> and let, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube audio only. And we do have a Patreon if you want to help support the show. As little as a dollar, you can vote in our monthly polls. I like I love doing polls and I just so every you get to kind of affect a show, an episode I will do every month of the show. So and it helps me out. So please go do that just for a dollar. Just it, it makes me so happy to see more people vote. Right now it's amazing it's a it's a runner up poll, Amazing Spider Man, Loki season two. Or season one, what the hell am I saying? Lucky season one, and I don't remember what the other two are, but they have no vote, so it probably doesn't matter. But go vote in that. And I think that's everything I need to say, so we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks, Bye. Bye.